and him alone. Simply said, without Jesus, you ain't got a hope. Without Jesus, the human race is doomed. However, people who come to Jesus for salvation are saved from that doom. And the good news is, is that we are given new life in Christ. Friends, I want you to know that 2018 can be a year of new life for you. Whether you're saved or whether you're not saved. As we begin chapter 6 in the book of Romans, God now directs Paul to teach us how. Say how. God is directing Paul to teach us how we are to live this new life in Christ. And can I tell you, this is information we need. This is information we desperately need to know this morning. You see, there are many people who claim they're saved. Y'all hear me? There are many people who claim that they're saved. They claim to have this new life in Christ, but they don't seem to know how to live that life. Paul's going to get across today that right thinking and right responding results in right living. Did you hear that? When you get your head right and when you start responding to what you're taught right, then you start living right. And that's the goal today. So this section of scripture begins kind of oddly. It begins by telling us about the walking dead. The walking dead. This section of scripture tells us how we ought to live as dead men. It tells us how we ought to live like a dead woman. Now that may sound kind of strange to you this morning, but it's going to make sense as we dive deeper into God's word today. If you would, read chapter Rome, in Romans chapter 6, uh, read with me in verse 1. Brother, did we got the PowerPoint up there? Oh. All right, I understand. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Listen very carefully. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not, exclamation point. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Friends, there in verse 1, we're taught that we must first accept the reality that you're dead. You've got to accept the reality of your own passing. Listen to what Paul said again in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? 
See, Paul anticipates a question that many of us may have through our study of Romans. He anticipates that question, and he deals with it right up front. We're told in chapter 5, verse 20, that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. We're told that in the presence of sin, there is much more grace. Well, somebody might think this. Well, if grace comes as a result of sin, shouldn't we just sin more so that we can experience more of the grace of God? That's, of course, the way that many Christians think. Many people, many Christians know that they're saved. They know that their salvation is eternal. They know that they're eternally secure, but they still live far below God's standard for their lives. They know that they can repent of their sins. They know they can just go and ask God for forgiveness. And so they live beyond, below the par, below the standard of what God expects from his children. My friends, I want to tell you something this morning. If you're listening, say amen. amen. That is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous way to live. If you've been caught in that mindset of thinking, oh, I'll just live how I want and I'll ask forgiveness in the morning, that's very dangerous. And your actions say one of two things about you. One, you've never really been saved. Or two, you don't really care what your life says about Jesus. Either scenario... Either way, if you're living in one of those ways, places you on dangerous ground. You see, if you're not saved, truly saved, you're in danger of hell. And if you are saved and you're living that way, you're likely going to face the discipline of God. And let me just tell you something. Being in the hands of an angry God is somewhere you don't want to be. So be sure that you're not living under this kind of flawed thinking. But then in verse 2, Paul answers the way that many people think. He says, if we're really dead to sin, if we're really Christians, then how can we continue to live in sin? You see, if you're in Christ, you are more alive than you've ever been. But at the same time, Listen carefully, you're dead. You're dead. You see, when death touches our physical bodies, changes occur immediately. For example, as soon as a person dies, they no longer desire any of the things that they used to enjoy. If a man were an alcoholic, as soon as he dies, he is no longer plagued by the urge to drink. If someone is a drug addict, at the moment of death, he no longer desires the drugs that he couldn't live without. The same is true for Christians. When we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, we changed. 
We became dead to sin. Now you might say, now Brother Bill, listen here. I claim the Lord Jesus as my Savior, but I still like to sin. Bill, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I still sin all the time. Any of y'all do that? Here's the problem. That old nature, that old nature still yearns for sinful expression. The bodies that we live in, oh boy, they still want to sin. Every bit as much as they used to. It still wants the same things that it always did. That old nature will never change. This old nature will never change until it dies. That is when our physical bodies die. But the Bible says that when we're saved, we become a new creature in Christ. There's a new man living in me. There's a new man living in this physical body, and he is dead to sin. He don't care about sin any longer. That new nature does not care about sin any longer. He doesn't want sin any longer. And he no longer has that desire to sin. Sin no longer appeals to him. Now, some of us may have a hard time grasping that idea because it seems that we still want to sin as much, maybe more, than we ever did. What do you do? Well, I'm going to give you a secret this morning. The secret to accepting the reality of our passing is found in Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Listen carefully. Likewise, you also, he's talking to believers, he's talking to the Christians in Rome, likewise, you also, Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says here, we must reckon ourselves dead to sin. Now, reckon is not just a word that we use in Anderson when we reckon we'll go to the dollar store. Okay? Reckon is an accounting term. And that accounting term means to calculate. Paul is telling us to add up all the evidence, to calculate the evidence and declare ourselves dead to sin. In other words, listen carefully, God ain't going to do it for you. God is not going to make you dead to sin. You have to be actively involved in accepting the fact that you're dead to sin. You have to be actively involved in accepting the fact that you're no longer in bondage to sin. Look in verse 14 of Romans 6 where the Bible says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin no longer owns you. You're no longer in bondage to sin. For you are not under the law, but under the grace of God. So God puts this responsibility squarely on our shoulders. You have to accept the fact that you're dead to sin. But he also gives us all the help that we need to see it come to pass. That's good news. So friend, have you accepted the reality of your passing? 
Are you dead to sin? But there's something else we must accept. We must accept the reality of our position. Look in verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Verse 3 says that when we believe that Jesus accomplished all that was necessary for us to go to heaven, then we are placed in Christ. We are placed in Jesus. When we received Jesus, we were baptized into him, and as a result, we were baptized into his death. What does that mean, Bill? Well, first of all, you need to know that Paul's not talking about water baptism here. He's not talking about when you get dumped, you're automatically in Christ. That is a symbol of what God does, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. We're talking about the baptism of the spirit here. And so what Paul is telling us is, is that when we got saved, we were placed into the body of Christ. When you got saved, you came, became a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And you were made alive together with him. You were raised up together with him. And you will one day sit together with him. That's good news, friends. But Paul goes on to tell us that not only are we placed into Christ... But we also participated in his death. Friend, you were there. If you're a Christian by faith, you were there. How do you know, Bill? Look at what the word says. Do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death on the cross? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death? Very literally, friend, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, all those who have their faith in him died also. It's almost like by some super extraordinary, supernatural miracle of God, we're taken back 2,000 years ago, and when Jesus died, we died. When he died, we died. Friend, this is why we have victory over sin in our lives because Jesus had victory over sin. The child of God is dead. The child of God is dead to sin. The reason we have so much trouble with sin is that Christians just won't accept the fact that when he died, you died. So I want to encourage you to do that today. To realize that when Jesus died for your sins, you died to sin as well. Again, the solution to this problem is found in verse 11, where Paul said, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. For dead men to live, for dead men to live, for dead women to live, we must accept the reality of our passing. Y'all are dead to sin. But we must also accept the reality of our position. Friends, we are alive in Christ. And that's good news. But there's a third reality that we must accept. And that is we must accept the reality of our potential. Look at the very end of verse 4. 
Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. Paul begins by making a thrilling comparison to us, the people of God. You see, not only did we die with Jesus on the cross, but when he rose from the grave, guess who else rose? We did. Praise the Lord. We did. Good word. It is, is it becoming clear to you that everything that Jesus participated in, believers by faith participate in as well? Just as we were in Adam, in the Garden of Eden, we are also in Jesus when he died and rose again. Paul is telling us that our life is intimately tied to the life of Christ. Just as we participated in his death, we also participate in his life. That's why you're here today. That's why you do what you do. Because you are participating in the life of Christ. This is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because you can't do it unless you're born again. And when a person receives Jesus as their Savior, that person becomes not only a partaker in his death, but also a partaker in the life, the glorious life of God. Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together in Christ. Because he died for sin, we died to sin. Because he lives, we are alive with God and to the things of God. So after comparing our death with with Christ's death, after comparing uh, Christ's resurrection with our ultimate resurrection, Paul then delivers a commission. A commission to the people of God. A commission to you this morning. And if you haven't been listening all morning, you better start listening right now. A commission that Paul gives to believers. And he says, since we identify with Christ in his death, yes, and in his resurrection, yes, the believer should walk in a manner that is consistent with new life. Did you hear what he said at the end of verse 4? Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. You should live in a manner that is consistent with who you are. If you're a child of the king, there should be some family resemblance. If you're a prince... There should be some resemblance to the king. If you're a princess of the God, of God, there should be some resemblance to your father. Since we've died to sin, since we've been raised up to new life in Christ, friend, there are some truths that you need to know this morning. And the biggest one is this. Walking in the newness of life has great meaning. Walking in the newness of life means that life after Jesus is vastly different than life before Jesus. Did you hear me? If you heard me, say amen. amen. Life after Jesus is vastly different than life before Jesus. We have a new nature now. We have been made a new creation. We are a new man, a new woman in Christ. Why then, Bill, do so many Christians, why do they still struggle with sin? 
Why has sin still tainted their lives so? The reason is this. See, before you were saved, your body was the house of one nature. Before you were saved, your body was the house of one sin-filled, wretched, fleshly, carnal nature. But then you got saved. Somebody else moved into the house. A new nature was introduced, and your body became the house of not only one nature, but another nature. Two natures. There's a new sheriff in town, praise God. But that old nature, that old nature is still trying to be the king. That old fleshly carnal nature still wants to be king of your life. But the new nature is now competing for the kingdom of your soul. This new nature wants to be king. And as long as you live in this world, you're going to find that there's going to be an incredible war going on. A war between these two natures. Galatians chapter 5 says it this way. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so that they are contrary to one another and so that you do not do the things that you wish to do. There's going to be a lot of battles in your life. A lot of battles in this war between the two natures. A lot of knock down, drag out battles in this war. But I want you to know this morning, you can win these battles if you remember the secret that's been revealed to you in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Here it is. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. You got to add up the facts. You got to calculate the evidence. And you got to come to the conclusion, you're dead to sin. You can't do that. That's the old nature. You can't live in sin. Why? Because you're dead to sin. You got to remember this, children of God, friend. You no longer have feet that want to do sinful things. As a child of God, you no longer have hands that can carry on the devil's work. As a child of God, you no longer have a mind that wants to dwell on wickedness. You no longer have eyes that want to look upon wicked things. You no longer have a tongue that wants to speak profane evil. You're dead to all that. If you and I are really saved, if we're really saved, this body don't belong to us no more. This body belongs to God. He says so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, do you not know? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Whoa. You were bought at a price. Do you know what that price was? The blood of Jesus Christ was that price. You were bought at a price. Therefore, 
glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Why? Because they're God's. Your body ain't yours. You can't do with it as you please. It doesn't belong to you. It's been purchased by the Lord. You see, when you're truly saved, the former occupant, he dead meat. The former occupant of your body is dead. And the new occupant, the Holy Spirit of God, can do as he pleases in that old house. He's the new occupant. The house has been sold. It's been sold for a price. And it don't belong to you no more. It's no longer ours. It belongs to God. How then should dead men live? Well, if you think about it, they shouldn't. Dead men can't live, can they? Think about it. There's always a problem when dead men think that they're still alive. Hollywood has made a killing making movies about zombies. There's always a problem when dead men think they can live. When there's dead men living, there's always trouble. Agreed? Y'all seen them movies too? Okay. Don't want to be a zombie. I want to be alive in Christ Jesus my Lord. So since I'm dead, what in the world am I supposed to do, Bill? What am I supposed to do? Well, in a nutshell, it's this way. You just yield your life to the Spirit of God. Since it's his anyway, give up. Move out. Let him occupy the old house. Allow him to live God's life through you. Get out of the way. Get out of the house and let the Holy Spirit of God occupy that old building. Reckon yourself dead. Dead to sin, dead to the things of the world, but alive to the things of God. So this morning, I want to ask you, how would you describe your life? Would you describe your life as the night of the living dead? Are you a dead person trying to live? Or would you describe your life as the life of the living Lord? Night of the living dead or life of the living Lord? As believers in Christ, this choice is yours. This choice is yours. You can choose to let that man live your life which is never good. Or you can choose to let the living Lord Jesus be in control of everything you do. What is it going to be for you in 2018? Is the dead man going to try to resurrect himself and live through you? Or is the living Lord Jesus going to live his life through you. Friends, the only way this can even occur 
is if you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And this morning during this invitation, you're going to have an opportunity to make that a reality. If you've been walking around like a dead woman, like a dead man, and you know it, it's time to relinquish control. It's time to move out of the house because there's a new sheriff in town. Amen? And Jesus wants to be the king of the house. If you are born again, if you are saved by faith, have you been living that way? Or has it been an empty claim? You've been claiming with your mouth, I belong to Jesus. But if there is a fly on the wall watching your life, be a dead man walking. Be a dead woman living. I want to encourage you that today, that can end. Today, that can end. During this invitation, you follow what Jesus is telling you to do. If it's time to turn from that old dead man, you just come on forward. If it's time for you to finally give up and allow Jesus to have control of your life, you come on. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for allowing the living Lord Jesus to take control of my life. Forgive me for those days where it seems like that dead man's trying to live. Forgive me, Lord. Father, I pray that if there's been a dead man or a dead woman walking around, 